Hey guys, I'm happy to announce that this week's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is professional therapy that you can get right from your couch. Yep, for real. It's affordable and private professional therapy that you can do over the phone. BetterHelp has a broad range of expertise in their counseling network, and they're available to all clients worldwide. It doesn't matter where you are. And the other cool thing that I like about it is that you can log into your account any time and send a message to your counselor 24-7. So help is readily available to you whenever it is that you need it most. And I know specifically right now we're all feeling this social distancing. It's been about seven weeks now. So if you're struggling, I'm struggling. <laughs> Please don't hesitate to reach out to these guys. Um, you can find them at betterhelp.com and that's help with a P. So H-E-L-P. And also, before we get into this week's episode with Richard, I wanted to let you all in on a little tidbit we have at the end. So this is this is a minor spoiler alert, but I got to explain so you don't miss it. Um, so in this week's episode, I start to wrap up our conversation and I close out the show. And like with most podcasts, I record Richard, the guy who we're, we're interviewing, and my brother Rory, who does the sound. And I, we have what we like to call the podcast after the podcast. I swear this happens every single time I record, but there is just something about going off record that makes everyone relax a little bit and we like we chit chat and the mics are still recording. So because this was our first Zoom call recording we've ever done, Rory, who does the sound, stayed on the line the whole time to get the recording just perfect. And at the end of our talk, he asked Richard a few questions. And Richard goes into like a visualiz visualization exercise just for us, me and Rory. But we found it so helpful that we asked him if we could actually keep it in, like add it to the original recording. And he said, sure, do what you want. So... If you are into it, make sure to stick around even when I wrap up this week's show to listen to um, the podcast after the podcast. And without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome to another episode of Woke with Wesley. I'm your host, Wesley, and today is my very first Zoom meeting podcast. This is weird. This is weird for me, but I'm sitting here with uh, Richard Morgan. What's up, Richard? I have no idea yet. <laughs> this is honestly, this is weird, a virtual podcast meeting. This is, this is new for me, but I was referred two different people told me that I needed to talk to you. They're like, get Richard on your podcast. So, I mean, I listened to the advice that is given to me. So we talked a little bit, Richard and I just briefly this week, and I found out he is a professional life coach, a writer, an artist, and but I don't know, you just have a cool story. I'm into like your story. He's the epitome of a guy who has, to me, reinvented himself a couple different times. And it's just, I don't know, I think that it's inspiring and especially in a time like like right now when everyone is a little bit freaked out, wishy-washy, everything's up in the air. So I'm like, this is, you're the perfect guy for right now to talk to. So I was wondering if you mind telling us your story. Let's start at the beginning. <laughs> Hi, Wesley. Hi. <laughs> 
Oh man, the, the beginning of my story. I was born kicking and screaming and crying because I didn't know why I was in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my story, it's hard. That's a great question and a hard one for me to answer because it, I'm not sure what part of it's relevant. I mean, like on a daily basis, I, I think I'm, I'm unclear as to what part of uh, my life is my story in quotation marks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I kind of liken my life to sort of driving a car down the road and hitting all the guardrails and, and uh, going off into the ravines and, and tumbling down the hills and eventually crawling out of the wreckage into the, into the sunlight. And um, I mean, there are a lot more details than that, but I think metaphorically that kind of brings it into perspective. Isn't that everyone's? I swear. Yeah. No one knows what any of this means. No. And then there's moments of humongous clarity, but then you're right back to like, ugh. Yeah. And it's, and you know, it's, it's so interesting. I was, I was doing some typing uh, and I was re remembering when I was younger and I, um, I was staring, I was probably like 15 or something that age where of like, you're really wondering who you are and what's going on. And I was in the bathroom staring in the mirror, just looking at myself in the mirror, looking, trying to figure out like, what is that that's looking back? And it was really, really screwed up because like, I really couldn't tell. I, and it kind of freaked me out for a moment. And, and I think that that's been going on, you know, a lot of my life. I just haven't been sure what is it I'm looking at? Who am I looking at? What am I? And I, it's been the quest of my life in, in a lot of ways to just to try and figure that out. What is looking back in the mirror? And, and it's uh, always evolving. It's always changing and shifting. Always changing and shifting. And that's, you know, now I, it's so funny because now I look in the mirror you know, living in Ohio, living in, in Maine and New Hampshire and, and running a landscape business and doing all this stuff. And now I'm, I'm coaching and I, I live in Ohio, California of all places to live. And, and I look in the mirror now and I just laugh. I, like whatever I see in the mirror is just funny to me. Like, who is this guy? He's hilarious. <laughs> you know? So uh, for reference, you are, do you mind if I share your age? No, you share whatever you want. You're 50. Did you say 56 or 58? 58. 58 years old. Yeah. And you have gone from, I mean, you were a landscaper, a professional landscaper, super successful yeah. for years. Yeah. Yeah. I ran a landscape company for 30 years. Um, but, but you know, again, that, that's not like, that sounds like the story. Like, yeah, I ran a successful business for 30 years. Mm -hmm. it, that sounds great. But the reality was I, I was really, it was really my coaching business. You know, I was trying to help other people figure out who they are. Through the business? Yeah, I hired employees, but they were really, you know, in a way, I, I still have, well, I ended up selling the business to an employee. And and he's now, you know, worth millions and, and doing incredibly well. And so, and, and when I when he came to me, he was lost didn't know really what he would, never thought he could own a business or anything. So I really, my business was really just another vehicle. In, in retrospect, I can see it. It was just another vehicle for, you know, hiring people to get work done, but that I could work with them. And, and did you them. know that? Was that a conscious choice or that's just where you found yourself constantly? That you were I, like you know, coaching these individuals. You were like that person for them. Well, you know, what, you know, what's interesting is whatever you're working on is how you show up and you know, on yourself, like whatever mm -hmm. your quest is for in you, that's how you're showing up in everything you do. Right. And, and I didn't realize it in those terms, but, but the reality is that I was trying to figure out who I am and, and trying to like, you know, blossom to like, right. Be like the, the, the chrysalis into the butterfly kind of thing. And, and so what did I do? Like I spend all day doing that with everyone around me too, because the, whatever's driving you at your core, 
that's the whole thing about authenticity. You know, there's this big move around authenticity and, and, um, you know, being organic in yourself and, and right. Ayahuasca, all this stuff of really like trying to open and express mm -hmm. yourself. If you can become more aware of where you really are and what you're, what you're really interested in, where's your curiosity really lie inside you, right? That's how, that's really how you'll open into the world. It's what you'll do with other people. It's, and if you're doing it unconsciously, it's often misguided, right? So I'm running a landscape business, mm -hmm. coaching people. I could have been running a coaching business, coach, you know, I could have just, yes. been, you know, so it's, it's, it took me a long time to realize that. And that's why, so now the coaching work that I do, it's really just about helping people to get where they are. It's not like to get somewhere else. I just work with clients to help them get where they actually are and be more. You clear help them see where they are, see where they really are. I get it. I get what yeah. you mean. Yeah. So how do you, for people that are so tied to, I mean, even I catch myself like being tied to my labels, my roles, the things I do that podcaster mom, like those labels, how, when you left your job of 30 years that you were, were good at that undoing, I feel like messes with people like in a <laughs> profound way The undoing is harder than the doing. Yeah. For me in my life, I've always found that it's harder to let go of those identities that I, that I hold on to more than stepping into what feels natural and good to me. And that's where I'm at now is why I, I like grapple with that. Why is it so hard to let go of the things that I identify with that I perceive other people think like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like, I don't want to let go of how I think other people perceive me. If that's in a good light, even if it makes me unhappy. That's that's that mirror again. Yes, it's just it's a it's a trip because I am I'm so, I'm self aware. I've been doing this work now for years, so I see it. And even though I see it, it's still hard to let go of. And I'm, and you're 58 now. You're good mm. at this. No, you're not good at this. Nobody's, that's my question. Is is, I, is it always going to be this struggle? So, am I good at it, um, or do I just not struggle with it? Okay, I I split it there. Um, I don't know if I'm good at it or not. Uh, you know, I, I still hit the guardrail. I still bang off the edges, but, but I don't struggle with it. Right. And for me that like, that's the, that's really the work is in, um, look, what work did I do to get on your, your podcast? I didn't do anything. It's, it's uh, everybody else said, Hey, you shouldn't this and that. Yeah. And just, and I was like, all right, I'll call, you know, whatever. I'll answer the I'll just do the thing. I'll, whatever shows up, I do it. Uh -huh. But there's no struggle in creating for me. It doesn't mean that I don't create bad. You know, that bad, it doesn't mean it always looks pretty. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It doesn't mean it always looks pretty. It doesn't mean I always feel good healthy wise. It doesn't mean everything's perfect from that sense of like how it should be. Mm -hmm. But from the sense of how it is, there's no struggle. And that's a big difference, right? Because in those moments, you know, like, when do you feel at peace? I feel at peace in my morning, at the beginning of my day and at the end of the day, because I force the issue. I give myself my morning and my nights and then the middle of my day, I, it's, it's for everyone else. But in the hours that I give myself, I feel peace. And what do you do in those, uh, those hours? Like what, how is it? I special? always, I wake up every morning. This is my routine. I wake up every morning. I do, have you ever heard of the morning pages? Uh, yes. Yep. So it's kind of like a practice like that. I've made my own. It's almost like a written prayer. I just start my day. I write a little bit. 
And mm. I try to get quiet. I drink my coffee and I like love it. I love every single second of it. And it lasts like 15 minutes and then I'm off to the races. And then the rest of my day is not mine. <laughs> it really is yeah. not. It is everybody else. I'm, I'm mom mode, work mode. And then at the end of the night, I usually take a bath every night. And then I come back to myself. And in those, in the morning and the night, I feel really at peace. It's like, yeah, I don't know if I can give myself just two moments a day, then I feel okay. Imagine if you gave yourself 15 moments a day. Mm -hmm. Now they may not look that way. They may not look the same because you can't take 15 baths in a day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You'd be like a prune. <laughs> I would. I would choose to. I run away to the bath all the time, actually. Like on a yeah. bad day, I will take more than one bath in a day. <laughs> I yeah. really will. It's crazy. But, but you know, like, like in any moment, um, in any moment, some may be easier than others, you can, you can have that space inside you, right? The space isn't out there. The space is inside. Mm -hmm. So in any moment, you can have that space. You just clear a little room inside yourself. And again, you have, it's, I love what you said. You're brilliant. It's that you, you have to force the issue, right? Like you force the issue mm -hmm. of creating, like, who are you forcing the issue with? Yeah, that's wild. It's me. It? You have to force yourself to do these things because yeah. it will not happen for you. It's not going to totally. magically manifest. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. And it's, and it's freeing and it's, and it, and it reduces, um, it improves your health. You know, and, and people around you, I, you know, I said to your dad, actually, in, in our men's group, I'll share one or two things. Okay, just this one. But I, <laughs> but I said to your dad, I said, you know, Bill, um, your daughter notices a difference in you. That, and you don't tell her anything like this, this, you know, you have a mm -hmm. container tight container around, but, but how you be inside yourself can change other people's lives. Without words, without explaining. No, just by, by, by you doing a little more cultivating in your garden, someone else's garden grows better. How cool is that? And it makes it feel safe. When other people are safe within themselves, I, I find that I can feel safe in my interaction with them. Mm. So I feel like that's like when you kind of start to cultivate your tribe, you, you create safeness and peace in your own body. And then it almost like just like talents, you just kind of start recognizing little aspects of that in others. And it just, it creates like a, a camaraderie, like a safety yeah. that I've, and I have, I've noticed it in him and I can yeah. feel it in others. It's just a, it's a vibe. Yeah. They can be a dick, but I can still feel that they feel safe within themselves, you know, like they're confident in their being. Yeah. And I respect it. Yeah. So, so, uh, so what do you do with that? Like, where do you take that? Like, experientially, where do you take that in your day? Will you look for more moments in your day? I think that it's addictive. I think that when you start to feel that type of safety and peace in your body, then you crave it and you seek it and you start looking for it. And then it's also easier to feel when you're off kilter, when you're off balance, because you do, when you, when you get um, that feeling of being safe or just secure, you crave it. And so when you don't have it, it is very apparent to yourself. Just things go awry. You have less yeah. patience with your yeah. kids, you have less patience with yourself. Um, yeah, it's like that joy feeling when you get enough of it, you can feel when it's not there anymore. Mm. But it is work, it is effort. 
And I was, I'm so curious about your, I keep saying story, but it's not your story. It's just like your existence from one moment to the next, to the next, to the next. But I do know you had a life altering accident. How many, how, how long ago is this? I've actually had two life altering accidents. Oh, I only so, know about one. Well, the first life altering accident is, is, is to me hilarious because the second one is when I got my neck broken in a car accident, got hit head on with a car. Okay. So that's, that's an accident, right? Mm -hmm. Clearly that's an accident. There's a story yes. around that. The first accident though, I was about, I think it was about 18 ish, uh, probably 18 ish, 19, maybe 19. And I was, I was doing martial arts and I had done a lot of experimental self-medication through high school, uh, taking a lot of drugs back in the mm -hmm. day. And, and, and I, I got clear of that. I bought this book called, um, getting there without drugs techniques of mind expansion. Um, so, you know, not being able to find that high without drugs. Right. And so and I had all these exercises in it for awareness and consciousness expanding and all this cool stuff. And I had started taking martial arts lessons. I was, you know, working on, on karate. So I was spending all this time getting my body in tune and, and, and getting my mind in tune. And I'm just doing all these, but it's just like a book I'm reading. Right. One, one night I'm outside and I used to like do karate barefoot in the snow. I mean, I was wacko crazy a little bit. Right. And, and I'm outside and I've got like no shirt on. I'm just in my, my karate pants. And it's after dark and there's a full moon and this, and the clouds. Now sometimes like there's a full moon and the clouds are just perfect. They're just kind of going across the edge of the cloud of the moon. Mm -hmm. It's really beautiful, poetic kind of looking thing. Well, that was going on. And I was doing all these like breathing exercises that I don't know, just following how my body felt because of, you know, all this stuff about awareness and everything I've been reading. And I, I just followed it deeper and deeper and pushed the breathing harder and harder. And I was looking at the clouds crossing the moon and, and I just had this thought of like, I wonder if I, if I was really present, it wouldn't look like they're moving. Why do I have to see it? Like it's like, I'm seeing it in the future, in the past. I'm like watching that it let, that it went by or it's coming by mm -hmm. instead of just where it is. And so I, breathed as hard as I could. And, and I just like pushed into it. And I, all, all my energy, I pushed into that. And, and I had an accident. What? I freaking, everything just blew out. And I could see, this sounds weird, but you're asking and no one's listening. So <laughs> it blew out and I could see there was no time. Time stopped. The, everything stopped. Uh -huh. And I could see everything that ever has or will happen. There was no time or space. It, 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 this and that it doesn't sound like it's possible and it is no possible. i believe you but it, but i could see it was 360 vision inside and three-dimensional vision of everything i saw everything and, and it was it was unbelievable right it's like it's beyond what you comprehend and as soon as i had a thought of like wow that's and it, i got to about like wow that's and i was gonna you know like wow that's amazing or something yes wow that's i just i can remember falling backward and just bawling my eyes out. I fell out. It just out of it like that. Boom, gone. Uh huh. And I didn't know what it was. And I went in and tried to tell my mother what had happened. And she thought, you know, people think was, you're crazy. <laughs> I was doing drugs again. You know? <laughs> I'm like, no, really. But so that's the first accident that happened to me. And it, I call it an accident because it was just as enlightening as having my neck broken. Both yes. were, both were so unexpected and so beautifully sh jarring. Right. And what you were saying earlier about how 
you know, being in your comfortable space or as opposed to, you know, kind of forcing yourself out and mm -hmm. life, your journey, my journey of life has not been created in an opening way by staying inside the shell, right? You, you got to keep breaking the shell and breaking the shell and coming out again and coming out again. And those things are like, you know, they've, they've seemingly been offered to me as rather interesting accidents <laughs> more than, you know, they weren't goals. You and weren't so like, trying. No. So like as a coach, people will say like, so do you do goal setting mm -hmm. or something? You know, I'm like, not really. I don't, I'm not a fan of goals. Um, I'm a fan so do of you just, you just put yourself constantly in places where you are hoping to receive more through whichever means necessary, whichever not lesson. Even, not even that. It's more like, um, so, so uh, Michael Singer, who wrote the, um, uh, the surrender experiment and the untethered mind, mm -hmm. untethered soul, soul. Untethered soul. Um, he, in, the, in his book, the, the uh, surrender experiment, he talks about this idea of, of how life well, I mean, life is bigger than just me, right? Like I'm, I mean, in comparison, right? It's like, I am life, but there's so much of it here. And the experience of it, I'm just a little bit, I'm one thing moving and there's all this other stuff mm -hmm. moving. You know, consider the idea that maybe I should let life be in charge, right? And so instead of me trying to run, have my goals and my thoughts and put myself where I can get something, mm -hmm. instead of that, wonder if I just sit quietly enough, right? Create enough space during the day 15 times, maybe, but you know, those little times or, or just twice or even just once, but create some space so that you can hear what life is saying and so not can, talk to it. You just listen, listen, listening. Yeah. Listen. And then when it comes to you and, and if, so life offers me something and I don't have a loving reason to say no, it's not preference. So it's not whether I like those. I don't really like that. I don't like being on podcasts. It's very, it's, I get, nervous you know i don't like it yeah but do i have a loving reason not to do it no mm -hmm. i don't so the answer is yes you know if it wouldn't matter to me what life offered to me at all if i don't have a loving reason to say no then i say yes so it's I'm not what I, don't, that. I don't care what i get from it it's just that if i don't preferences out and and love comes in what would love do you know that's wild. Wait, okay. So I have, I'm the, I, I have so many questions. So <laughs> when you had this experience, so I'm assuming you've done psychedelics in your, in your past. I have. Okay. So I have, <laughs> and I know that there is that very intricate world of shapes and patterns and geometrical uh, sacred geometry, all those things. So when this experience just through you breathing in nature under the moonlight, when this happened to you, is it comparable to that or completely different? Way beyond that. Beyond. Way beyond that. It's, it's, um, the, so, you know, the hallucinogenics, um, they're, they're kind of like, it's like a backstage pass. Just cause you have a backstage pass doesn't mean you're in the band. Yes. You know what I mean? I 100, I understand that completely. So I've had a profound spiritual experience on nothing. I was meditating in my bathtub. It was in 2017. Yeah. And I, that's actually why I did ayahuasca. I was so, I was, it was profound. It was an, an amazing experience, but it almost created more questions than answers for me. Like, mm -hmm. why me? Why did this happen? What does it mean? And I was researching ayahuasca heavily at that time. And I was like, if I do ayahuasca, it will tell me what this spiritual experience was, what happened mm -hmm. to me. It wasn't even touched. It wasn't even like 
a blip on the radar to what happened to me naturally. And I didn't get any answers. And it's been such a weird place for me to come where I am at now, which is maybe I'm not, maybe it is what it is. And there's no big profound meaning. It happened and it was beautiful. And I accept what happened and move on, move on with my life and remember it. Like it's cool to remember, Mm. but it almost, it's actually, it's actually still happening. It's what do you mean? What do you mean? We're still here. Right? So it's just We're, always evolving ever. It's just yeah, one day the, to the next. It's just a magic trip. I mean, that's my experience. I, I don't know. Is it uh, where, where have you ever been other than here in the moment? Mm-hmm. And so if that's, if you can consider that for a moment, where have you really gotten off to the voice, the part of you that knows it's you, right? That, that part of you that knows you're, you're alive, that you're here. That part in the back, the, the witness, the that little secret part that knows all this is going on and that can stop you from doing something, that part in the back mm-hmm. or the top or, where, or inside, wherever it is, that part, where has that ever gone? Does that feel older to you or younger or does it seem to change or is it just completely, I don't know, like perfect all the time? Perfect all the time. Yeah. So if that's the constant in a time of uncertainty, if that's the constant you get in touch with on a regular basis, isn't everything still just happening around you? Isn't it all still happening? Still now happening. So you had that awakening experience. I tried for a long time to get back to that. Same. Yeah. Well, that's the foolishness, right? That's the part where you look in the mirror and you just laugh at that thing that looks- That I want that every day in my meditations is crazy. What did you think you can create yesterday? You can't create- you have to realize that it's, you have to come back to that. It's, oh, oh, it's still happening inside me. I've just, you know, I've just turned on the radio and the television and the, I've got all this other stuff going on right now, right? I've got these, all these other roles I do during the day. But if I make more space, if you make more space, I mean, the space could just be five seconds. But if you, if you actively consciously bring yourself back to present, you know, 15 times in a day, that's probably too much, five or 10 times in a day, what'll happen is you'll start to actually feel and notice some of those things you had in that experience differently because it's now, but you'll start to open like that. And the only way I can describe it, I, I, I wrote something, uh, I wrote that, uh, that the, the mind is a machine and the heart is a flower. The, the mind when it serves as a protector of the heart, stops the heart from loving. The mind should serve the heart as a facilitator, not a protector, right? Mm-hmm. And so the mind is thinking all day. You're thinking, there's a lot of things, and because there's work to do, and so you're engaging the machine of the mind. The heart can't flower through a machine. So you take spaces where you just turn the machine off for a second, you put it on pause just for a second, come back to the heart, or whatever presence is to you. To me, it's, I think of it as the heart. You just come back to presence for a minute, not even a minute, 15 seconds, five seconds mm-hmm. in that, and then go back on, turn the machine back on, keep going, let the lawnmower cut the grass, you know, let the machine yeah. work. Cause that's what it is. You know, get the kids ready. Hey guys, I'm, you know, I'm starting now. Like whatever the, the command is for the kids, it's just mm-hmm. a machine. And then you stop, notice the heart, let it flower a little more, let the bud grow. And that experience from the bathtub becomes all day, but, but in the context of getting work done, in the context of 
making dinner in the context of enjoying dinner mm -hmm. right in the context because we're all of, still very much human there there are yeah. things we have to do every day yeah but it doesn't mean that there isn't somebody doing it behind that right just because the mind is busy doesn't mean wesley's not there doesn't mean richard's not there and that's the big that has been for me the gift um and you asked i think this is all the answer to the question about the transition from being you know the lawn care guy the landscaper into this what i do now it was an it was an amazing um I, as far as the transition goes it was like falling down a flight of stairs repeatedly for me because i you know i ended up getting really good at making captain morgan my best friend and <laughs> going to aa meetings and aa i all of a sudden realized that i was actually here with community and friends and kind of got me to reawaken myself to being present again that was for me a really big thing of that a backstage pass is not being in the band i get rid of the backstage pass and started playing with the band again oh my gosh i love that so much yeah i'm gonna that's what this is gonna be called a backstage pass is not playing in the band. <laughs> New life motto. Uh, That's good. Yeah. The other thing that you said too, that I'm just like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. When you said that you do things with no thought of what you're going to get in return, because that is such a, that is just embedded into us it, since we're children. Like you do something in exchange for something else. Like you go to school for this, you be nice to person to a person so they are kind to you back. It's like, um, when, you, when you said that, it made me think of, I, the day that my, what happened to me happened to me in the bath. I had no intention of that happening. It was mm. a happy accident. Like you said, a surprise. <sighs> and ever since that moment for at least two years, I went into every single meditation, like, Oh, maybe it's going to happen. Maybe if I'm, if I'm dogmatic about my practice and I do enough yoga and I do enough breath work and I feed my body enough, then it will, then it would be like that reward. Like I'll, you know what I mean? And since I've become less dogmatic, I've kind of let it go, come into that flow. What you said, like you don't do anything for a return. You do it because because there's loving energy telling you it's it's there for you. There's no reason not to do it. Life is offering it. It's offering it. Life when when uh, so I'm in uh, Toastmasters group here doing um, you know, public speaking kind of a thing. And whenever they ask if I'll do something, it's the woman who asks me so often asks as though I'm going to say no. And like, <laughs> it's always this thing of like, oh, I know I'm asking you again, but you know, I'd really like it if you'd do it. And, and I just, I, I check in and, and I'm like, uh, sure. Yeah, of course I'll do it. Yeah. So what is a no for you then? What's a hard no? A hard no is if it's uh, contracting rather than expanding. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and, and that's one of the ways that that's how I sort of filter. I say, look, does this make, do I have a sense of contraction? Am I tightening? or opening in this in this thought. So um, uh, my son's getting married and, and, and his fiance are getting married um, May, end of May of this year, except that there's this whole coronavirus thing. Yeah. And, and, um, and so I don't wanna fly. Like, I don't even know if I can or if I should or whatever, who knows, right? And I had, I had a choice, do I, do I buy a ticket and think maybe this will be over? Or what do I do about this? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I can't miss my son's wedding, right? And and so what do I do? And I, I sat and asked myself, where's the contraction? Where's the expansion? The expansion was in um, staying home. It was in not not going. And so I told them, and I told them lovingly, expandingly, 
Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm, uh, you know, Lucinda and I won't be coming uh, in the end of May. I just, I just want to let you know I love you and, and um, here are the reasons why and I won't be doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and there's nothing more to it than that. It's loving, right? Because I checked in with myself and I, and I know in, in me that's a loving thing to do. That's my loving thing. It's, doesn't, I don't hurt other people. That's their, that's their business, how they feel. I have to do what I feel is loving. And turns out they postponed their wedding till next year. Because oh, really? a bunch of things, you know, I mean, it kind of became obvious that that was the thing. Uh-huh. And I might've been one of the first people to say I wasn't going, I don't know. Yeah. But it's, so you never know. I never know what will create from anything. I've, I've come to that, that I don't know what will be. The created. ripples. Yeah. So if I don't know that, why should I presume that I know what I should or shouldn't do other than whether I feel loving about it or not? You know, what, is it expanding me or, can, or am I feeling a tightening about it? Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel tightening about staying home. I felt loving about staying home. So I was like, all right, that's what I'm doing. And it really is that simple. And I think we just, it's like you said, our minds are the, uh, the engine, the motor, and they get yeah. so, it's their job. <laughs> the mind is, is like, what do they think of me? Yep. Because notice the word thing. And how is, they gonna, how is this hurting them? You, it, yeah. it goes to pain. It goes it almost, to, goes to worst case scenario all the time. It's, so that's what mine does. Mine tries to figure it out. If you catch, if I catch myself trying to figure it out, I know I'm off track. Right there, I say to myself, "Huh, I'm trying to figure this out, and it's not a typewriter or a you oh know my widget. Gosh. This is like life. Trying to figure life out first of all is a is a sign." I know when I am in my mind, when I'm having conversations in my head, I know I am so in my ego. If I'm having a pretend conversation, like I'm coming up with other people's answers and having yeah. a conversation in my head, yeah. I, that is my first cue. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am not acting in, my, in myself, in my highest self right now. Yeah. But yeah, it is. It's such a practice. You think you're good at it and then a, and an instant comes when you're like, oh, I still have much more to do. Yeah. It's never over. So- so if I choose, so if I choose, if I don't worry about other people, meaning that if I don't think I know how everything's going to work out, right? Like they're going to feel like this if I do that, right? If I don't do that, and instead I just check in on, can I be loving doing this? And if I'm like, I don't think I, that's not a loving thing. That's a defending thing. It's a protecting thing. It's a wanting thing. If it's one of those things, I let it go. If it's a loving if I can be loving in this thing, I don't worry about whether they look like they're hurt or angry or anything. It doesn't matter to me because if I can be loving in it, I will be the calm person on the boat, right? And that's what's more important because if each person did the loving thing, I mean, I hate to get like global on this, but if each person did the loving thing, it'd be like lighting a candle under a little thing that goes flying up in the sky. And before you know it, it'd just be a cloud of lit candles and beautiful wishes, right? Mm -hmm. Floating above a city. Like an event you might know of. Yeah, like an event. (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally agree. Behavior can be that way, but it can't be that way to get something. It can't be that way to make someone else feel a certain way. It can't be an, an in order to. I do it in order to this. I do it in order to that. It can only be because of my joy. So look for your own joy and decide there. And in that way, you know, it'll look strange sometimes, but trust it and keep going. You know, that's, that's what love would do. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So what about your second, this is something I've been trying to, to deprogram in myself 
lately. And when, and we talked earlier, he told me, you told me about your neck accident Mm -hmm. and you said it was one of even the doctors and nurses around you were like, what is this guy? He's like, fine about this. Like you were, you, some people choose to learn through pain and suffering and other people, they have a choice to learn through love and acceptance. And this horrible accident happened to you. And even in that moment, was it a choice? Was it a deeper, wiser part of you? Like what had had it been your life's work up until that moment to act in the way that you did because you broke your neck and you took it as a sign that this was exactly for you, meant for you in the best way possible. For the betterment of all, you broke your neck, Mm. which is a crazy place to be in. It kind of, it just cracks me up hearing you say it was a horrible accident or something (laughs) because it's so not my experience of it. Um, uh, Yeah, so actually, yeah, I'd like, to, I want to tell the story that no, man, it was just like, it just came to me, you know, it was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's not it. The truth was I had gone to, uh, been going to a lot of Tony Robbins events and I was crewing at his events and had been studying, um, doing a lot of coach training and NLP training, like all this different training stuff about how to, how to be better at running the human thing, right? The human experience. So Tony Robbins teaches the, this triad of your physiology, your focus, and your inner language being the thing that controls all your experience. That's the overriding three points or, or, or triad of your overall experience. And so I had gotten very good at controlling my physiology or changing someone else's, right? So if, if someone's having a bad place with it, they're stuck in a state, I would mm-hmm. offer them a glass of water and it changes the physiology and, and it can break the state pretty quickly. As simple as that. That's, it's, that's everyone just runs on physiology, focus, and inner language. At a, at a personality level, that's how we run. There's there's the deeper stuff which I I really like to work with now, but but that's at the that's at the surface level. And so I, I was very skilled and was practiced in that. So getting the accident, I'm in this brand new one ton diesel truck, gorgeous truck, and it's totaled. So head on, 80 mile an hour impact, you know, um, bent the axle on a one ton truck. It was a pretty pretty severe uh, collision. And I step out and. Um, and, you know, I got this fire in my arm. I thought I must have broke my arm. Turns out my neck was fractured and it was pinching the nerves that went to the arm. That's why their arm hurt. And anyway, they, they put you in a, a neck cast and strap me to a board because I was standing up and then they lay the board down, stick me in an ambulance. And it, there's like this panel at the top of the truck where the light comes in in an ambulance. And I was just laying there working on my physiology, just putting a smile on my face, right? Just like, no way. Uh, yeah, because it's important. Just like forcing it, just forcing the smile. Yeah, you're in pain, you, that, you're like, I'm going to smile. You can't, they did a test. Uh, I forget what, what uh, university did a test with people who were uh, long-term depression and on medication and everything. And they, they had them just sit in front of a mirror for like 20 or 30 minutes. Like, you know, big smile. <laughs> they just sat there with a smile. And, and I forget what the statistics were, but it was dramatic reduction in all of their medications and the depression started to go away. You're, you, it's very hard to be angry smiling. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it just doesn't, our physiology is linked to our, to our emotional states. So I was smi- I forced a smile on my face and I was staring at the lights so and my focus was the light coming through the top of the van and I just kept, my inner language was something I had practiced uh, uh, Again, Tony Robbins says this whole thing of finding your purpose. And and mine was, I know that my ultimate purpose in life is to awaken myself and others to the ultimate joy and fulfillment in each and every moment, especially this one. How is this moment meant to help me? And I just kept saying that over and over and over. And the EMT kind of looks over at me at one point. She's like, are you okay? (gasps) 
because she thinks I'm like going into shock or something, right? Because I probably, <laughs> right? I'm like drifting off, but I'm not. I, I was just like, I'm getting these like incredible friggin' downloads of like energy every time. And, and starting to drive. And so every time she's driving, I'm getting like these exquisite lightning bolts of pain down my arm, just like zapped by lightning. And in each one of those, though, pain doesn't really exist. Like we, pain is, is a thing we, we think is coming. And so we, that's the thing we like, we're, we're really projecting it. That's why hypnosis, you can do surgery on someone with no anesthesia, but through hypnosis, you can, they can repair the, you know, the lig uh, ligaments in your hand or whatever, um, just under hypnosis. So it's, it's a perceived thing that there's sensation, but the brain tells it us what to make it into, what to think of it uh -huh. as, how to right, how to perceive it. So it's, it's usually we're, it's usually before it happens that we're experiencing the pain. Yeah. And, and the it's reality, almost like the anxiety that the pain is coming that is causing the pain. That's really what we're suffering from. Um, and so, and so, you know, I was having these immense electrical, you know, disturbances in my body. And with those is like all this information coming in. How is this meant to help me? And all the troubles I had in my life that I had been trying to solve. And I had about a week before spoken to the higher power and said, look, show me the way out. And, and this was the way out. It was that I would spend the next eight weeks in a cast in my neck and not be able to go to work at the busiest time of my business. And that I would have to delegate in a business where I had no delegation and do all these things. And I ended up selling the business, selling my house, you know, completely changed my life in the way I wanted to because the powers of be said, try not doing anything. Yeah. Notice that life is here working for you and you think you control everything idiot i'm not like i'm a guy or anything you know i'm such a freaking guy i mean i'm sitting there thinking i know better than my wife i know better than my kids i know better than all my employees i know better than my customers no they know way more than me about their life all i know is what's inside me not what's outside me and so this was the message to be to lay in my lay in bed look straight up at the ceiling and stay there and when people had questions answer it honestly and lovingly and let them do what they would do. I made more money that year in my business than previous years. So when I went for a law, you know, for a, to have, get a settlement out of this deal, mm -hmm. they're like, they're, we're having a hard time proving you were actually, you know, financially hurt by this. I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. But um, yeah, if you can, if you can look inside instead of outside, there's far more nuggets available for, you know, so that's what I do coaching. I mean, that's the thing of my coaching now. You know, I, I really like working with people who, the few, I only have a few clients, but I like working with people who want to really explore the stuff you don't talk about on a regular basis. The things mm -hmm. that, you know, to really look at, to be able to really look at kind of the super extraordinary part of your life, the extraordinary part of your life and, and start to pull those threads into the pattern more until you're not like dysfunctionally enlightened, but you're super functionally light enlightened right into this day. So when I first started listening to your podcast, I, I heard you were talking about this in your experience. And I said that I get Wesley. She's like, you're, you're, you're like me and that you're, you're awakening into your life, not out of it. Yes. My first experience kind of took me out of it for that moment. Yes. Now we're, it's, it's a process. It's work of, of awakening into your life.
you know? And I feel like as a coach, I don't know, I don't, I've actually never worked with a personal, like a life coach, but do you feel like your main job, what you're doing with people is coaching people through their fear? I feel like fear is it. Do you feel like you're coaching them through their biggest fears, walking them out in scenarios and being like, at the end of this, say your biggest fear happens. It's the worst of the worst. And then after that, you're still here. Your business is, I think, and about money too. People, people get so freaked out about money. Mm. That's their fear. Walking mm. away from the life that they, they built up their entire life and then coming to a place where, like you said, it's just not working or you kind of waken up to, to your highest self, your truest potential, and you realize it's not in alignment with your career that you spend 80 hours a week doing. It's really scary to walk away. I don't think people know how. I don't think they think there's even a choice. I think they feel stuck. So pr probably true, probably true that there's a lot of thoughts like that. Um, I mean, it's not, nobody owns those thoughts, right? I think they're in the public domain. <laughs> so, so, but the, but the reality is an earthworm can take care of itself. An earthworm can earn its, uh, its living. An ant can earn its living. It doesn't take a big brain to do it, right? We're not afraid of survival. We're afraid of all this other stuff. How will I look in other people's eyes? How, what will happen if I don't have all this stuff around me that, that I think is who I am? Well, it's not who you are. The truth is it's not who you are. And you know because you've, you've been to places where you had next to nothing, right? Mm -hmm. You've been down. My wife was homeless for, um, I don't know, quite a while. And, and, and then ends up raising $50 million for charities. And, you know, I mean, life is like that. You know, bet one of the best years I had in business, I had, I, I was almost bankrupt. And, and um, because I went, when I realized it, you know, all of a sudden I, I looked at it and I said, oh, if maybe if I really look at where I am and what's actually going on. And then in that moment, I made my better decisions. Yes. Not out of fear, but out of creativity. Mm -hmm. So the work that I do is more, uh, it's helping. Look, if, if you can see that you're safe, you have a roof over your head right? Mm -hmm. And that you can take care of your, your survival well enough. If you can do that, then what would you like to create beyond that? And anything you create beyond that should be joyful for you. Anything beyond just like we feed a dog and a dog's happy. You give a dog food, he lays down, he's fine. No food. He's not so fine, right? He's mm -hmm. Bark, 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 scratch, 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 whatever. But you feed him and he lays down, he's fine. People, you feed him, all the problems start. You feed them some more, more problems. They think up more things they need to have or need to do or need to be. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't get happy with our, we don't say, look, deal with my survival and then everything after that's joyful. We say, give me my survival and now make me be enough. Mm -hmm. That's crazy, right? So the work really is in, I don't know, kind of un, unwinding that step by step, little bit by bit carefully because it's a lot. Um, but I mean, you're completely enough. You're perfect. You know, you really are. And, yeah. and, so, and so from there, what do you want to create? Step by step, little by little, bit by bit. What do you want to create? You know, walking, you know, walking in small steps so that you can with clarity see the amazingness of your, of your journey, right? Small steps and, and, and really start to look at what the small steps are. You don't necessarily have to leave the big thing, but maybe you do, you know, and each person knows that like each, each person, but I've had, I've had some, I've worked with some really interesting 
people, you know, like all of them, I guess. And they've left marriages and entered marriages and left businesses and started businesses. And it's all scary. <laughs> it's scary stuff. It's, yeah, that's what life is, right? It's mm-hmm. scary, but it's also, um, I mean, it's freaking awesome, right? Great to be here. Do you, I'm, I'm so curious to know if you feel regret. Do you have regret in life? So do I think it or do I feel it? I don't Do you feel ever it. feel it? No, I, I think about it sometimes, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't feel it. I don't, to feel it would be to purchase it. Right. So the yes. thoughts can come and go, but, but I choose whether I'm going to go so far as to feel it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so moving I can, into that heart space. When you yeah. feel it in your heart you purchase it. Yeah. Well, I take it into my heart as a lack. Again, that's a contraction, not not an expansion. I see. So regrets. No, everything's here to help me. Everything is here to serve me. I don't always understand it. Like, so sometimes I'm like, why is the IRS sending me this thing to help me? Like, I guess guess it's to help me have less money so I can find more people to work with or, you know, like, right. Mm -hmm. But everything is here for me. I know because it was all here when I got here. Yeah. I was born into this. This has all been here, right? So I'm like, this has got to all be here for me. I just came here and here it all is. It took me a while to get to this point, but now, I, now it's clear to me. It's obvious. So you what know? do you do daily to keep you in this, in this heightened state of consciousness and in your safe space? So it's not a, to me, it's not a heightened state. But um, so I, I was talking with a, a client who I had worked with a bit and, and I said to her, says, you know, look, I'm not promising you more highs. What I'm promising you is less highs and less lows, more middle. Mm, okay. but, but we're going to take the middle, the, take the middle and shift it upward to where your highs were. Your middle will be where your highs were or, or higher even. But it won't seem like it because it may look like that to others. To uh-huh. right, someone looks in and they'll be like, "Man, you're always like annoyingly, you know, whatever." But but to me, my high is now my average, and I like to stay right around that average. So the dips, you don't have as many high lows. It's right yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember ever seeing the video? It was a, one of these viral videos on on YouTube. This little girl who was schooling her, her mom about their divorce and telling her, "Just be in the middle. Don't be up high. I don't want to be a bully. And I'm not trying to tell you what to do, mom. But just be in the middle. Live in the middle." It's this really super awesome YouTube video that should go viral every year because <laughs> she's just saying, "Like be in the middle." Yeah. And when you do that, all of a sudden the middle just floats like a balloon up. Mm-hmm. Right, the highs and lows are misleading. the The middle is the heart space. I think that's why it's in the middle of our body. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it, it creates good. homeostasis, and then your homeostasis just kind of like rises. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So, what do you do daily? What's your routines? Oh man, I don't have a lot of routine, but um, I get up. I love my wife. That's what I do. <laughs> I do. I I um. I make, I get up, I make coffee for both of us. I get her hers in bed. I typically, um, I look at social media. I, I don't know. I, I do that thing you, that's not good for you or whatever. But I Like right in the morning, morning, you just. Yeah, I just get up and look at stuff <laughs> and go, huh, look at that. That's weird. And if I have something to contribute, I do. I, I type. I bought typewriters recently and I, and I do a lot of typing, which is great because it's a very slow, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's something very. It's so intentional. 
very cathartic. You typing. push it. Yeah. yeah and, you, and you can't, it's hard to get rid of your mistakes. There's no like backspace that just gets rid mm -hmm. of mistakes. So it's, you kind of, you slow down to the speed of thought rather than try to type as fast as, you know, you can possibly get it out. Um, so I do those things and I go for walks and I cook and I eat and I do art and I, I do whatever I want. Honestly, I don't, I, I, 30 years I ran a business. I had a very strict schedule. Now I just, I do whatever I want. I always show up for my coaching calls and, you know, that's it. That sounds like a beautiful life. I yeah. do whatever I want. Well, what would your life look like if you were always love? Like if you only did loving things in your body, regardless of what anyone thinks, what would your life look like? What would it end up balancing at? Less cleaning. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I feel like that is where a lot of my discomfort comes from is like, oh, I have to clean the house. It's not the cleaning. I don't mind cleaning it. It's the feeling of, oh, I have to do it. That is, that's it. Less of that feeling, feeling like I should have to do something that I don't want to do right then. And there's two ways that can happen, right? One way it can happen is because you're actually physically not doing the cleaning. Yeah. And the other way that can happen is by you no longer having that thought or feeling around it right that that your focus is different which changes your physiology slightly mm -hmm. there's like music on and it's cool and now it's a dance party or whatever right so you can you can make that happen a lot of different ways and that's i mean that's the fun part you get to play with that mm -hmm. if it's expanding you do you always find a way to to expand into whatever you're going to do because some things it'll be like again preference i don't really want to do so if preference is what's keeping you from doing it Drop preference and ask if there's a loving reason not to do it. And if there isn't, find your joy in that. Place your joy. Don't look to receive it out of it, but place your joy in it. You know, find it meaning like create it. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. You eliminate the shame around things that you don't want to do anymore. Yeah. Date night. Date, look, date night for me happens. Date night, date night is falling in love, right? Mm -hmm. I have to fall in love. That's how I create date night. I fall in love deeper. And then it doesn't matter if we're, if we can't go out to dinner and we're eating at home or if we're on the couch or outside in the yard, it doesn't matter where we are or what we're doing. It's a, it's an emotional falling into love and then doing from there creates date night. Such a simple thing, right? Oh my gosh. Do you know all the women right now listening to my podcast that are going to have their husbands listen to that? Exact <laughs> part? Well, <laughs> It's a lot of men clients. A lot of men clients. I do. That's beautiful, actually. Yeah, that's it's not the act of going out to eat. No. It's the ev evoking of falling in love. You get to that feeling inside of you. It's the whole purpose we do it. That's why yeah. you have date night. It's not about eating nice food. Yeah. It's that feeling of connection that you have to tap into every single it's like it's like you do for yourself. Like you're like, when do you tap in for yourself? How many times a day? 15. It's also with your spouse. I get you now. I get, yeah. I get it. I get what you're doing. I get what yeah. you're about. It's cool, right? It is really, really cool. And I think it's just inspiring for others that you're, you're an example and embodiment of switching it up. You don't have to, just because you choose one path, you don't have to stay there your whole life and see it all the way through. If it's not feeling honest to you anymore you can switch it up at all times whenever you want doesn't matter if you're 58 47 no, no. 23 in fact in fact it might matter look if 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 i go play how is it that someone plays golf for 30 years of their life 
and they but only after the first five years they get to a certain par and the whole rest of their life they kind of play at that par and gradually mm -hmm. towards the end go down how is it that someone why why would you do something for longer and longer and longer periods of time and not get better and better and better at it where's the improvement where's the flowering like where's the flowering in the life mm -hmm. so so some people you watch them and they start someplace and they they rise all the way from to the top of whatever it is they rise right to the top and burst out the top even into some other thing but they blossom into the next thing um it's not like they had to quit halfway up because they couldn't get anywhere right don't quit life because you're not getting anywhere if you notice you're not getting anywhere look look deeper inside yourself find a way to flower as you get older life should get better and better and better not because the things around you get better but because you understand more of what to let go of in you right the, the, mm -hmm. right it's like throw out the old maps get rid of the Stories. constantly it's spring cleaning of your body totally. your soul yeah life gets better not worse the you know like the body is going to deteriorate but that's okay mm -hmm. you know, my experience of the body has is is improving not deteriorating that's dope <laughs> <laughs> i literally feel like at the end of the grinch when his heart like breaks out of that little cage thing right now <laughs> i'm glad that my first word was like a full hour in but that's how i feel right now that's rory our sound guy he just had to hop in here you were just were you just like in church rory you're getting preached to. so happy that i decided to be a fly on the wall <laughs> rory it gets better as we age it does not get worse i needed this yeah that was great that was beautiful i know richard i get why everyone was like oh talk here's the funny thing too richard everyone was like talk to richard and i'm like why and they're like just talk to richard and i'm like who is this guy <laughs> okay i'll talk to him i don't know i don't know what about <laughs> yeah i don't either i never really do and and that's the intriguing part for me i, I got on stage one time in, in africa i'd gone over with a group of people and and we're supposed to talk to 400 teachers and I get up there and all these people have speeches and they're practicing them and they got all this stuff ready and I had nothing planned. And I just got up and, and I don't know, whatever came out, came out. And it was just some honest thing about my experience. And it was uh, like six months later or something, they did a survey of the teachers of which were the most impactful talks. And my, it was mine and some another guy, which blew my mind. I thought, really? Um, but but really life is the thing to share. Yeah. You know, just share this moment. Prepare, you know, do life live. Don't it doesn't have to be pre-recorded in every, you know, every moment. It's like just just hit the mic, hit record, let's go. You know, let's do this. Let's do and, this. Uh, yeah. I knew it would be fun talking to you because you're awesome. Oh, thanks. I think you're awesome too. I really do. So I want people to so you you said you talked about like your typewriter. I went to your Instagram and you post like these beautiful little messages typed on your typewriter. You're an artist too. So I want people to be able to find you. So it's Richard underscore W underscore Morgan on Instagram. You guys should go find him. Give him a follow. You have a website. What's your website? I do. Richard Morgan coaching. Nice. It's a nice long one. Richard Morgan coaching.com. Okay. And I'm, I'm assuming you do do things like just over zoom call, Skype, phone calls. Yep. Yep. Go anywhere. Okay. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you are such a delight. I feel like I, it was 
not even an interview interviewing you. It was just like a nice little walk in the park conversation. It was yeah. joyous for me. So I appreciate you so much. Mm. I really do. Thank you for coming on and talking to us. And, and I hope to talk more. Now I want to scoop you up. I find people that I want to scoop up. I might, I don't even give them a choice anymore. <laughs> hey, I, I appreciate the opportunity. And, um, and, uh, I, and I just love what you're doing. I, I, it's not surprising to me that you have a wide audience because you you're digging into stuff that's useful and, and that matters. So, so keep, keep going. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. You guys, thank you so much for being here. We will, we'll come back next week. I don't know with what, but come back next Wednesday. See you guys. crazy experience so just it's still happening i mean this happening. is right for the longest time i chased it because i wanted to recreate it i wanted to or have a new one or you know whatever i am right there i'm wanting to create my second go yeah, i want to like manifest that stuff and i'm realizing it's not good for me it, it's the well the thing is it there is no you can't it doesn't work that way yeah, it simply doesn't happen like that. the wanting of it makes me not even capable of getting there. Right. So, yeah. So, in, so I forget who wrote that enlightenment is an accidental event, right? Mm -hmm. It can only ever really be an accidental event. But meditation and certain physical practices make you kind of accident prone in that regard. Accident prone. Yeah. And so and like, that's about as close to intentional as you can get is, is to at least set yourself up close to the edge. You know, and then mm -hmm. if you fall, you fall. If you don't, well, then it didn't happen. But I loved the way you <clears> said I had two accidents in life. I was like, whoa, what happened to this guy under the moon? I was like, what did he fall back? Well, it's I've never told you. You called it before. an accident. <laughs> I never, I've never thought of it that way before. Um, it was. It's yeah, it was so cool. You're like, you know, you have an accident. I thought, oh, interesting. You're going to ask me about the, the car accident. I know that you're asking me about that. But, but I had <laughs> been sitting at the typewriter yesterday because I'm like, I have no idea. Like, Trust me, like my brain goes a little haywire because I'm like, oh, I'm going to be on this podcast and I don't have anything to talk about. Like, I don't... <laughs> so, which is just natural, the, right? Because the brain wants to know what's yeah. going to happen. And so I sit down, my way to clear those, I'll sit at the typewriter and I just start typing. And next thing I know, the bullshit goes away and there's something coming through that's actually useful. And it, and it was about that experience. And, I t and it went from that experience right into like, the honesty of that's all I'm doing right now. It's still happening. I'm here in this same, in that way, but not dysfunctionally in that way, but more, uh, I'm just, you know, like the fragrance of the flower remains all around. It permeates whereas the flower sits in its spot. Mm -hmm. It's more like the, I'm living at that. In, I'm in the fragrance of it. Yeah. So, and so I can be anywhere and float through things and it's, it's, it's more subtle. Right. Yeah. So rather than look for an, rather than look for a new experience of that, I would point you to to the subtleties in, of you, mm -hmm. not outside. Anything you see outside is happening inside. And I got caught up in thinking I was special. You know that you know those mm -hmm. times when you think you're special. You're like, oh, this thing happened to me. I'm special. This what does it mean? What am I supposed to do? And now I'm realizing I'm not. This it's available and ready for I'm, all. You I'm have like to be special. Right at that moment in my life of like. Oh man, 
I thought I had like a <laughs> these special gifts special. or something. Nope. You are special. Just a normal dude. You are special. Kind of good at some other things that people that. <laughs> um, We're all just mediocre and great at a oh, few I'm so little things. But I mean, it's so like... many things. But I kind of like being in that space. <laughs> yeah. Kind of dabble. It's yeah. it's um, look we're the bodies are generic, even though they're, they're different, they they vary, but the, the bodies are somewhat generic. There's a life force that inhabits it. Not so sure about that. About but it's we're all life. We're all this thing that's alive, and we're all in the same realm of this you know this sort of enlightenment, and and right these other dimensions so which which eclipse time and space time and space is just a it's a construct mm -hmm. and that can go away and when that goes away this you i realize this is a totally different there is we're living in other dimensions we just don't see them oh, yeah i'm i'm, I'm like there and it is such a yeah. mind trip to remember it's a remembrance it's not a figuring out it's it's a remembrance of being like oh this mm -hmm. is how it is i've already so, i've always known it and so dip into it like a day drinker. I get, I go down yeah. the rabbit hole and it starts to get kind of bad though. Like I'll start thinking about like the time as a construct and then I kind of go in these bad wormholes rather than like. Yeah, because that's, that's thinking. thinking. What do I do instead? Well, I just kind of feel it. So, so, so in between thinking and feeling or maybe into feeling. So if you have a thought about that who who's noticing the thought there's this there's this part so like for example a, a quick exercise quick exercise if you were to close your eyes and and let the room disappear for just a second you I'm can both it. do that if you want i'm doing you it know, <clears throat> so you get your eyes closed and just sort of let, allow the blackness of the, of the back of your eyelids to or, or whatever you know sort of light and dark things may float around and just kind of get used to noticing what that sort of looks like and how it has a slight variance to it, but also is kind of constant and, and everything. And in a moment, but not now, I'm going to offer you to open your eyes, but not yet. And, and when you do open your eyes, what I'm going to have you do is to, in that second, when you open your eyes, I want you to notice everything you can notice. I want you to see as many of the things in the room. And then after that, you're going to name all the things, but don't open your eyes yet. Because when you do open your eyes, I just want you to open and be aware of all the things that are directly in your vision area. Okay, so go ahead and open your eyes. And now start, if you were to start naming every single thing that you at first saw, if you were to put a label on every single thing, how long would it take? It would take me a minute. Uh, like, like 20 oh, seconds. Take, I have a lot of stuff in my immediate eyesight. So, so in how long did it take you to see it all? Till now ish. I'm still, yeah, like, I'm still looking. <laughs> but, well, no, no, you're now you're mm -hmm. now you're yeah, labeling. I'm, I'm labeling. When you first oh. opened your eyes before the label, you saw everything in that moment. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's awareness, not mm. thinking. I get it. Awareness sees everything all at once. The mind breaks it up and divides it. The intellect and is a And creates knife. time. That's when it broke down mm -hmm. into time. There you go. So it's that's why I say it's still happening now. It's just that I override it constantly hmm. thinking. So anytime you, 
are thinking about philosophy, psychology, spirituality, the way it is, whatever, it's it's useful to close your eyes and open them. And that second, that moment without thought of just the seeing, you know, the accident that I was in, it wasn't an accident, it was a freaking blessing. But that experience was, I'm driving down the road in my truck, and to be truthful, I had been texting, but I had set my phone down. I, you know, stopped and I was driving. A guy was coming the other way and he'd stopped because he was going to turn across my lane and he would stop to wait. And I was doing like 40 miles an hour speed limit driving along. And another guy came whipping up behind him above the speed limit and probably was not looking where he was going. I assume texting or something. And he must have looked up like 10 feet from the car that he was about to rear end. And he just, as a reflex, swerved into my lane. Mm. Bam, hit me head on that's awareness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was literally a visitation of awareness. Like, yeah. How fucking cool is that? Pretty. It is crazy. Like, like the awakening of that, the, 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 the impact, but that's what awareness is. Awareness is not thinking. The reason I didn't steer off is because of, is because Mm -hmm. of thinking, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had time to think. I hit the brakes because it was just like awareness somehow moved my body and I did hit the brakes and I got about five feet of rubber before mm. I hit. But, but anyway, so in, in your living, create space without the thinking. It's fun. It's just an exercise. Yeah. It's just a game, but fi- keep finding space without thinking, find space without thinking and then do it in events that are intense. <laughs> and see what happens like a fight like, like, like a spousal like, a, like, like an a argument fight. Spousal fight. Like what happens when all of a sudden you stop thinking and you just and you're just there you're just in awareness i actually yeah. think that's one of my strongest suits i can defuse like the fight by just really hearing and noticing both sides of the argument and trying to deflate it but not in like a way of like i just want to be out of this right now like really trying to figure it out <laughs> it drives rachel nuts but it totally works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is wild. Yeah. It's fun stuff. It is fun stuff. Richard, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. It really, the pleasure is mine. It's this been fun cool. yeah. and enlightening. This is just a fun way to spend a Friday. I'm so happy. I honestly had fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy. <laughs> Actually, cool. hey, I don't want to take right, up friends. a bunch Super of your cool. time, but... Um, I had a question about when you were talking about the middle part and, you know, the highs, the middles and the lows. And you said you, you're trying to stay in the middle part, but like, I don't know how to get to the middle part. And I kind of, I actually don't think I know what my middle part is. I can't, I don't know. Um, So, so you do, do. Um, you do, but, 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 um, it's not something you label, right? So, so the middle part would be, um, do, what do you do for sports? I play hockey. Play hockey. So you know that feeling of being on skates and, and skating, you know, like picture that, that part where you're just totally in flow and the puck seems to, seems to have a magnetic attraction to your stick. Mm-hmm. You can handle it. And it's literally like almost on an elastic coming back as you're stick handling. And you know that feeling, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I that's love your, that feeling. That's not your high. That's your middle. Oh, my God. That is my middle. That sounds like the perfect right in between. You, you're never arguing. You're not fighting. If you were to get angry, you flop out of that slightly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, totally. 
You lose yeah. all your composure with all that stuff. If you and if you try to be super, if you try to be nice and all this super other stuff, <laughs> nah, you lose it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's a it's almost emotionless or motionless. It's flow state where time starts to slow down. It's that's your middle. Hmm. That oh, I really do love that feeling too. Yeah. All right. It's not when you make the goal, Roar. Oh, I don't even like getting goals. I like setting guys up for goals. <laughs> I'm the pass guy. I love it. <laughs> it's so much more enjoyable. Yeah. Even here, you're like stick handling for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Think about it. Yeah. Oh, this <laughs> yeah. is middle too. I'm loving this. It's too. very, Rory, it's important. It's an important job. Yeah. You're good at it. Thanks, yeah. Brian. So, yeah, so that's, that's a great, that's a really great question. It's, and that's the best way I can help bring you to it. And so if you look, if you look in any situation, the potential is there for that. Um, but you can't do anything. You just got to kind of like do your work to get there. Like the work is in works in meditating. The work is in exercising. You know, the work is in it's physical, it's mental, it's emotional. And right? just kind of so, showing up. He was scared to show up. He's like, ah, I'm not like ready. I, we don't know Zoom calls. You, like, you intimidated me yesterday when <laughs> I was like, we'll do GarageBand. And then in moments, we, I was like, we're doing Zoom. This, like, I felt brainwashed, but with happiness and love. And I was like, I'm happy <laughs> we're doing this. And it brought like a few more happiness things toward yeah. my life like my girlfriend was like now you can play music with other people because you can plug right in i was like oh yeah. my god yeah. so only good things came from yeah. me kind of being like a going against something i know how to do very happy look if there's no loving reason to not do it exactly just do it and you, you know, weren't yeah he really was like i'm just gonna let you guys do it i'm not gonna show up and then you showed up bro well, i promised i got scared <laughs> nice richard's not scary at all not he's at all. nice no. well i mean i've never met you in my life obviously we i know nothing about you and you just use the perfect analogy to just make me realize my greatest moment in life like, <laughs> they're not greatest but like my favorite times in life and you did it in seconds it was amazing yeah well that's because that's all we have you know that's the thing yeah so we just keep doing everything now. I'm glad we, you talked to our dad. I I, I um I, I I love Bill. I really do. You really do? I do. I love is, the guy. I do. Bill too. is so he's different. He's different. He I is love him to death. He's such a unique man. He's the best. Yeah. He's he's just as screwed up as I am or anyone else is. I mean, he's <laughs> Oh yeah. You know, we're just trying to find our way forward, but but um but he wears he's it on got his sleeve. Dude, he's he's got a friggin' loving heart. I mean, yeah. he, he's he is such a he's such a good person. He's you know, high intensity loving. with his love. Like he yeah. runs high intensity, but that's <laughs> like with all emotions, like lovingness, yeah. kindness. He cares. I think he cares more than anybody, and that's his intensity. Yeah. And people, he's, I think people project that his intensity is like, ugh. And so he his, deals with that. His a lot. heart's even actually bigger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Rory, isn't it funny that dad like talks like this with people and he doesn't ever tell us? No, I'm, I know. I would have 100% thought he would have said something to me at least like I'm doing this really cool thing. We tell each no. other about this kind of stuff. He keeps this stuff. He's, this he is private. I feel me. like he's going to have an unveiling one day. Like he'll come well, out and be like, guys, so this hey, is, hey, Rory, you guys keep well, everything under wraps though. Right. So it's hey, kind Rory, of, 
Why don't you why don't you join one of what uh, Troy and I are doing a new group? I think I'm going to. I got so do much it. out of this. We're gonna do. We're doing one called something. I don't know. Troy's in charge of making up the name and, and doing all the graphics and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we're doing one. It's gonna be starting sometime soon, and it's gonna be freaking cool. It's just gonna be fun. Cool. I think I been 100 sold i gotta do it Roy. yeah that'd be cool and then you can be like uh dad i'd love to talk to you about it but <laughs> can't do it it's funny. Uh, yeah I, I think that's the plan that sounds great cool man okay richard we'll let you All go right, well, we don't want to take up any more of your time but i will i'll i'll give you i'll give you like a week's notice i don't know when this will be out maybe in like three to three ish weeks four ish we'll see but i'll give you a heads up and Maybe I can steal some photos of you on your Instagram if you don't mind, and I'll post you. Anything you cool? want. Yeah, okay. if it, just reach out to me anytime. Okay. Cool. Thanks so much for chatting with us. All right. Love you both. Love you Keep both. Going. Awesome. I got to figure this out. Rory, how do I undo this? I don't know. I only got us to this point. Okay, I'll figure it out. I'm going to push stop recording.